Welcome in. Final hour of the week, live from Titans Training Camp here on 104.5 The Zone. Many thanks to our friends at Two Rivers Ford who have made this coverage possible for us and for you to enjoy throughout the course of the next couple of weeks. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, get ready to join us. Coming up next, Mac was out here all week long. He'll be out here tomorrow as well. We'll get his main observations through the first week of camp so far. If you want to get involved with the conversation, 615-737-1045 is the number. 615-737-1045 is the number that you dial. Lucas, can you hear the lawnmowers now in the background? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> literally, I thought they were going to back into the tent earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to slowly see you pushed out of the zone TV frame by a giant mower. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, after these three days, just put me down. I'm so tired of it. Just put me down. Just getting started, baby. No. <laughs> Enough of this already. It's driving me crazy, but it's fine. We're going to persevere. Um, what we were talking about last segment, it's the most underrated player on this roster, but I want to I circle back around to a, a bit of audio that Lucas just played you in his update about James Wilhoy, the new kicking coach that the Titans just hired. Now, I did not hear Vrabel just kind of slide this in earlier. I was walking over to the press conference while we were doing it live on air. But he just kind of slid it in there, Lucas, if we can run that back for the people, that the Titans have uh, added some depth on their special teams coaching staff. Where These guys are getting a lot of kicks in. You know, they're kicking off to the side. You know, they're kicking in our team period. And, um, you know, Auk and, and James, you know, Will Hoyt, um, you know, who we've hired here recently uh, to help with a specialist. You know, they come up with a plan and, you know, try to watch how many balls those guys are kicking. And, you know, we'll, we'll be back at it tomorrow, and we'll be able to uh, evaluate them tomorrow. But they just needed, uh, you know, a day off. Just needed the day off for the kickers. That's, that's like telling, me, that's like tell, me telling somebody, yeah, you know, I just, I've just talked too much this week. I think I need a day off, which is true, because otherwise I would sound like hell, and you all would get sick of hearing my voice if I just kept talking every day. But that's what it feels like I'm doing anyway. It's just I don't. I don't know how these guys manage their bodies, right? So let me not speak from a place of ignorance, but I, now I sound like Mark Mabry who's been chirping about the athletes in the comments on Zone TV all day long about how soft professional athletes are. Now I'm, now I'm get, off your, get off my lawn guy. It's ridiculous. 615-737-1045. I think, it's as, I think, it, I think it at least acknowledges, because this is, this is something that's going to hover over hover over the Titans until they do something about it or until we see that substantial efforts and strides have been made to get this thing right. We, I don't want to spend a month, two months into the preseason talking about the kicker, but the thing that has perpetually plagued them over the last three years has been the kicker. We, we talked about this earlier in the week. In 2019, they made the AFC Championship game. You know, Lucas, do you remember what percentage of field goals that the kickers made in 2019? Oh, we the, just did this. Yeah, the, uh, the collection of six total kickers that they had on the roster. Did we say 58? Uh, no, it was 44.4%. That's right. That's right. I think my guess was 58. Now, yeah, right? Uh, just slightly above average. No, no, no. Not even close. They have had six total dudes through this building at that position in the last two years. Now, they were slightly better, just north of 71% 
Well, it's not slightly. It's a substantial improvement from 44%, but still not good enough. You can't have this conversation when you're an undefeated team taking having the opportunity to take another undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team to overtime and you miss the, the game-tying kick. You miss out on the opportunity to survive because of a position that you don't think about until you absolutely need it. And it's to the point in Nashville that there is no way you can have a conversation about how far this team can go if you can't trust their special teams. Now, I mean, I don't know at what point you start to you start to hold that as as the biggest criticism of this coaching staff that or 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 of the organization that they just haven't taken it seriously enough. But I do think what he's saying there, even as he just tried to slide it in at the end, I don't you, you think he you think he did that on accident? You think he just kind of forgot that there, there hasn't been a release or anything like that, and this is something, of course, we're just going to descend upon like like birds of prey, the <laughs> fact that they've hired a kicking coach instead of an actual kicker. He, like, he referred to him by, just by his first name at first. Yeah. Like, yeah, just Craig and James, Will Hoyt, who we hired, and then he just kept going. <laughs> oh, that was just good. Quick. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Hope nobody noticed. 615-737-1045. But in, in, having, in having this conversation... I I don't know how long you can be comfortable letting this thing ride out, right? Like just how long how long a leash are you willing to give them? Understanding the training camp is is for the, things like this. You know, Vrabel talk, talked about over the last 2 days, last 3 days they've had 3 fumbles. Problems with the quarterback center exchange. Now Ben Ben Jones was not out there today, but he was out there for some of these issues that they've had. You would prefer to see them work out these problems in training camp. That's exactly what training camp is for, to try and fine-tune some of the issues, some of the rust, work it out. There's nothing wrong with that, even as it's going to be a talking point that particular day out of training camp. Kicker, I guess you approach the same way, but can you, can you trust them with their track record? I am of the belief that you can't. Well, Tomahawk Chop on the YouTube chat, I believe an Alabama fed fan says, Saban doesn't need a kicker. If you're good... You find ways to win. That's the one thing that perpetually bothers Nick Saban, right, as kicker. You know what's one, one way to win? The one, do having what? a good kicker. Having a good kicker is one way to win. It's important. And so, say it, it always makes me laugh. Saban has like a kicker that just absolutely whiffs one from 25. He's got the best players at every position, and the kicker completely undermines him. That has to drive football people insane. I, I do think that is changing now with Will Reichard, the top kicker in the country, I believe, out of Hoover. So, I don't know. They, it, once they're set there, they're definitely going to be unbeatable. Doesn't Blaine hate kickers, too? I feel like he, I feel like he just comes out <laughs> screaming about kickers every time I, I, I hear I don't know. I, I, I think people just don't understand kickers, right? Like, Rabel had said it with, with Guskowski. Like, what am I going to tell Steven Guskowski about how to kick a ball? Or, or how to make a field goal. I Don't like miss it, you're fired. It's the one position, I've said it before, the coach, co- coaches are not hands-off more than any other position than kicker. The most yeah. hands-off position, in, in, in possibly in sports. Just do your thing. Do your thing. Which, to this point, Titans kickers not consistently able to do their thing. Although Goskowski substantially improved down the stretch as things began to settle in for him. You know, I mean, there was no more settling in that could possibly happen than the Denver game. It could not get as bad as that, uh, even as bad as the missed field goal against Pittsburgh was to send that game to overtime. Coach Dave McGinnis is going to join us to give us his training camp observations coming up next. I want to talk to Mac about Christian Fulton, who sat down with us earlier. 
I want to talk to him about what we've seen from A.J. Brown through two days because he obviously did not practice today among the many veterans that did not practice today. And I want to talk to him about this underrated player conversation. Lucas, do you, do you, have, do you have one that you, uh, that you think is not being discussed, not being mentioned near enough? Because I have one who I've ragged on all offseason long and, in fact, saying they need to do something on the roster to replace him. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely pivot. I'm going to flip-flop really hard here. I, it's throwback on Twitch uh, said this, and this was mine, Amani Hooker. Who he had a nice interception today on Tannehill. Thrust into a starting role replacing Kenny Vaccaro. I, I think, I mean, that's the guy the Titans have a lot of confidence in, capable of that starting role. But, I mean, that's the question mark, right? Anytime you have a younger player, new starter, alongside a veteran in Kenny Byard, Kevin Byard, excuse me. There's Kenny gonna, Byard? There's going to be question marks there. But I think Imani Hooker would qualify. I'm, I'm dying for you to show up to training camp one day and uh, call yeah, Kevin Byard Kenny. What's up, Kenny? <laughs> that's that's I got a funny story for off-air about a, a Titans media member who once confused Jonathan Cyprian with a player who was decidedly not Jonathan Cyprian. But coming up next, we will get into this conversation with Coach Dave McGinnis. I'll tell you who I think the most underappreciated player on this roster is, and we'll get to your calls as well. 615-737-1045 is how you jump in on the conversation. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. Coach Dave McGinnis, that's what that music means, return of the Mac. Although he doesn't, he, he doesn't need to return. He never leaves. He's all over the damn place. He's out of practice. He's on the shows. Joins us for his weekly segment here in just a second, and we'll get into all of the things that he's been able to learn from Titans training camp practice so far. But first, we go to your phone, 615-737-1045 is how you jump in on the conversation. Danny is in Kentucky. He wants to weigh in on Titans training camp. What's up, Danny? Hey, Buck. Hope all is well. I hope you're staying cool out there. Uh, so so far, so good. I'm the most underrated player, I believe, on the team, and that is Nate Davis. Love to know your thoughts, and thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, hell yes. Nate Davis is a sh- – uh, I can't say the word that I want to say on the radio, but he's a certified bleep kicker. That's a good one. I mean, Nate, Nate Davis, 615-737-1045, if you want to nominate an underrated player on this roster. Um, Nate Davis, the leap that he took, and I think that's kind of what they're hoping from Dylan Radens, right, in year one, where Nate Davis got tossed into the starting lineup mid-game in Atlanta. I can't remember if it was week three or week four, because Marcus Mariota had a great game. Uh, it was it was the, the one game that I think kept him alive a little longer as the starting quarterback for this team uh, before things completely devolved in Denver. But it might have been week four, right? Because week three was Thursday Night Football in Jacksonville, and that was an atrocious game that we saw played. But we'll, uh, we'll, get, Max, we'll get Coach Max's thoughts on this. Dave McGinnis joins us now here on 104.5 The Zone for his weekly installment presented by our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Like an extra set of pad, they've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Trust the fine folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Mac, my brother, what's up? Well, good to see you, man. Good to see you. You got a nice setup there. I don't get to see you a lot during training camp because you're set up over there in your uh, broadcast booth. But it's good to see you. They've they've banished me to the corner, Mac, and the only time they come over here is when they need to use this third field. But that's okay. I've been able to I've been able to learn a lot. I want to get your observations from training camp here in just a second. But we've we I read an article this mo- morning about Harold Landry being the most underrated and underappreciated player on this team. But one of our callers just brought up Nate Davis, and so I was curious on your thoughts 
about that question and those two players in particular? Well, first of all, Buck, I mean, when you say underrated and underappreciated, you got to, I mean, I, you, I, my question would be by whom? Right. Because I tell you this, in, in the building and when you're in the National Football League, your players are evaluated and they're scrutinized every day. I mean, and, and your coaches are too. I mean, every day is an interview in the National Football League. Those practices that you just, you and I both just watched, those are gone over multiple times and dissected. So there, there's not a man, a man, uh, an attitude of being underappreciated or undervalued within a football team. I promise you, because everybody knows exactly what everybody's doing, where everybody stands. Now, if you talk about the general public, or yes. if you talk about you know something across, it's kind of like the draft. I mean, you've been through a draft, you know, seeing what Titans Radio does. The general public knows about fifteen or twenty names. And then everybody else, you know, they don't know until you don't know unless you study and dig in on it. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about um, maybe the thing that, that, that I would say is is that are not as well known. Maybe yeah. that is that is, you know, that is a, a part of it. Maybe it's not. But undervalued or underappreciated, there is nobody. There is nobody that makes the 53 man roster buck on a National Football League team that is not valued and appreciated in a building and in a locker room. I promise you that. I've done it for too many years. Certainly when you get to that 53-man roster and then, of course, 46 active on game day, all of those positions are critical, of course. No, it, 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 was, it was more a, a question from the general public about, you know, who, who they have who Oh, it makes me so happy to have Lucas Panzeca back. I actually get to hear my Sunday service choir in the final segment of the show, of the week. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys, as always, for making sure that we have a great time. We don't have a great time unless you are actively involved, and you are always actively involved. So we hope that we have kept you entertained for three hours of your day throughout the course of the work week as we get you closer and closer to football season. Broadcasting live out here at Titans Training Camp, getting ready to wrap things up and get the hell out of here until tomorrow when I can uh, get a fuller measure of what is happening on these practice fields. But we will uh, we will do that tomorrow, and I will enjoy that tomorrow. We will do polls in a minute, but um, I want to make sure that if you haven't if you haven't subscribed to our podcast already, you're screwing up because John Robinson, Rashawn Evans, Christian Fulton. All great this week. We're going to have many more guests from Titans Camp next week as well. So you're going to make sure, you're going to want to make sure that you're catching up with all of it because these dudes, this is, this is a great opportunity for us to be able to get a little one-on-one FaceTime with them in a way that we have not in like 18 months. It's as, uh, as relaxed and as enjoyable an interview setting as we've gotten to experience. So we hope the audience has enjoyed those as well. And if you missed any of those, go subscribe, rate, and review. Polls. Not now, Jenny. I'm on the radio. Buck Rising gave me a job. Said something about a poll update. Hope that wasn't at that club where you became a folk singer. Anyway, Buck Rising's producer and correspondent has the final poll update. I'm not a smart man, but I know who Lucas Panzeca is. One of these days we're going to get... I get questions about whether this is simple, Jack. I'm afraid that Red Ryan's, <laughs> Red Ryan's Forrest Gump impression is going to get us canceled. Oh, but it's great. It's really good. It's so good. Folk singer. <laughs> Folk singer. It scares me every time he says it. <laughs>
Why did Texas A&M vote yes to Texas and Oklahoma joining the <laughs> SEC? It was a unanimous <sighs> vote across all 14 schools. Josh says Greg Sankey told them to. <laughs> we didn't talk about this. Yes, it has been made official. The SEC has extended an invitation on a unanimous vote from their member institutions. All 14 of them voted to extend an invite to Texas and Oklahoma to join the Conference of Champions, not the Pac-12, Bill Walton. It is, in fact, the SEC. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine how pissed off and miserable Ross Bjork has to be as the athletic director of Texas A&M, right. sitting in the meeting and being told like a child, we don't know this to be so. But just, I, I have it, a mental image in my head of Ross Bjork being sat down by Greg Sankey and every every other AD of the, the other 13 institutions standing behind Sankey and just Sankey waving a fit, wagging a finger. It'll be good now. <laughs> Ross Bjork being like, don't you bleeping embarrass us. You better damn vote with the rest of us. Because if it's not unanimous, I'm going to start getting questions that I don't want to deal with, and then it's going to be on your head. I, I mean... What, what do we think that Sankey threatened them with? Because there had to be threats. This is like Game of Thrones. This is like the American political system where you're whipping the votes behind the scenes, house of cards type stuff, to make sure that, AD, or that, uh, that A&M falls in line. I don't know. I mean, Greg Sankey, I'm sure, was very confident that, that this vote was going to fall into place regardless of what, what Texas A&M voted. It may have just been on Texas A&M's end. I mean, at 2016, Cavalier sums it up here. He said, because it was a lose-lose situation. If they voted no, they're looked at as a poor sport and trying to prohibit growth. They know Texas and Oklahoma are a done deal, so they vote yes and have people question it as well. Ten years from now, no one will care they voted yes. Yeah, that's true. But it's so much its so much more fun to imagine what would have yeah, happened absolutely. if, they'd have, if I mean, they'd have voted no. You have to imagine there were backdoor conversations with Ross Bjork and other SEC schools, and I'm sure they did their part to try and fight this, but at some point it came down to optics, I would imagine. They were thwarted before it ever made it to the floor. That's how it goes. Does the NBA have the worst draft in sports? Seventy percent say yes. I got so mad when when I started seeing Keon Johnson tweets getting drafted to the Knicks, knowing that he would end up not on on two different teams over the course of the evening, three different teams, right? Because he ended up getting traded to the Clippers from the Knicks. But then where where did he ultimately end up? Yeah, he was drafted by the Knicks. He is a Clipper. I think he was a Piston for like 10 seconds. God but, almighty. Yes, he is going to be an L.A. Clipper. Why Why? Why is the NBA draft like this? It's so dumb. What? It, it, I, I mean, one, I did not know it was on until Lucas said in my headset as the radio show was starting, oh, the NBA draft's on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I said the first take was on the television. Yeah, well, Kendrick well, Perkins is talking about something. I know. I was getting, like, legitimately upset with my ESPN app because they were pinging me with every draft pick in the NBA oh. draft. I'm like, don't. Why? Okay, that's the other thing. Because every pick gets leaked, like, five minutes before the pick is announced. That's a whole other reason. Uh, and you, you're making these prospects put on hats for teams that they're not going to be on. Like, did Kobe Bryant not put on a Charlotte Hornets hat when he got drafted? I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that's just, it's an utter and complete waste of time. The NBA's draft is the worst of the drafts, hands down. And, and listen, MLB's draft goes in, uh, goes in anonymity as well. Like, it just pops up in the middle of a Wednesday, and there's 7,500 rounds, <laughs> and all of a sudden you look up and, and Kumar Rocker is falling out of the sky because apparently he has a shoulder problem or something like that. Jesus. Yeah, you're seeing, like, so-and-so from, like, South Dakota Community College drafted in the 85th round of the MLB draft. 
Get it out of here. Luke Warsham said it is baseball because they don't play for years. By the way, Luke's new profile picture is from his appearance on the 104.5 The Zone set with you yesterday. Oh, that little clout chasing. (laughs) (laughs) Look at him. He's out here copping to Googling himself. Have you ever Googled yourself, by the way? Uh, Actually, I I don't think I have. I, I might now that you say that. Okay. I've definitely done the old scrub through Twitter, to, you know. <laughs> the social media you cleanse. You never know. The purge, yeah. <laughs> I did that I did that coming out of college because God knows I was reckless on the Internet prior to, uh, prior to being a, a paid professional. Um, I have definitely Googled myself in my life. It is among my worst qualities. I regret nothing, but Luke Worsham doing it made me laugh yesterday because I just realized that, you know, I'm not the only one who's this way, which makes me happy. Who's the most underrated player on the Titans? Our friend Davey Shepard said nationally it's Saffold, locally Harold Landry. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about Harold in that conversation, right? And I think Coach Mack made some good points that, that nobody in that facility is undervalued or underappreciated, but we're talking about from, a, from a, uh, an optics standpoint. Like, Harold Landry is by far and away or has been by far and away their best pass rusher, but if your pass rush stinks, then how good is your best pass rusher, right? Malcolm Butler was their best corner last year, but if your third down defense stinks, how good is your best corner? I just I struggle with that conversation. But the two offensive linemen, Nate Davis and Roger Saffold, perpetually underrated because they beat the holy hell out of dudes. Um, Roger Saffold is one of the best offensive linemen full stop in the league. Former Titan wide receiver Nate Washington chipped in. He said Ben Jones. You know, Nate's spot on with that because Ben Jones, Ben Jones got Ben Jones was getting some heat a couple of years ago when he was playing next to Quentin Spain and who was that mound of humanity that was so uninteresting? Josh Klein, Josh Klein, just <laughs> Josh Klein is one of those one of those football players that you look like and you're like, oh, you just you just made it here on pure size alone. You have no muscle definition to you whatsoever. Now I'm sure Josh Klein could pick me up and throw me like a javelin, but I. <laughs> That and how dull he was as an interview. I do not have fond memories of the Josh Klein experience. But Ben Jones looked markedly better when they upgraded the guards on either side of him because Ben Jones has been one of the most consistent and most reliable players on this football team. He does not miss games. Seen some shouts for Anthony Ferkser, Breon Borders as well. But I think this show, I said Imani Hooker, this show has kind of led me to say Nate Davis at the end of it. Yep, that's the right answer. How much stock do you put on A.J. Brown dominating Titans training camp? A lot, a little, or none? 41%, nearly 400 votes, said a lot. 38% say a little, 21% say none. Uh, I mean, a lot. I'll say a lot. I know it's only two days of him, but I'll say a lot. We had this whole conversation about him earlier. The dude is coming off two bum knees and still had a kick-ass year. Like A.J. Brown, I, I think that we are just starting to scratch the surface with what this guy is able to do. And I'm... As a media member, as somebody who gets to watch this, uh, and who has no rooting in, well, I mean, I, I will say that I have financial rooting interest in the success of the football team because if my if they suck, then this radio show is probably going to suck because I don't want to talk about bad football. I don't want to go back to you know twelve to nine overtime touchdownless games against the winless Cleveland Browns. I don't want to live that life anymore. You didn't like that. I did not like that. I, in fact, Titans fans, I, when I was first getting started, hated me because I would just bury their favorite team for how god-awful they were to watch on the football th- field. So I'm happy to be farther away from that time period. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm stocked the hell up on A.J. Brown, which is ridiculous to say because the stock couldn't be higher. Those oh, is that polls. it? Those, Those are the are polls. The polls and All right, the very good. We will, see, we will see you next week.
Have a fantastic weekend. More coverage from Titans training camp tomorrow on social media. A new episode of The Install with Greg Cosell comes your way in just about two hours. Look forward to it. We're talking about the teams that could thwart the Titans in the AFC. See you Monday.